Hello, everyone, and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Kavita Singh. I'm Senior Content Editor at B2B Marketing, and today we will be discussing an award-winning case study which won the gold at our 2023 B2B Marketing Awards last year for Best Brand Initiative. Gravity Global achieved amazing success with its diversity campaign for Edge, securing 405 earned mentions, a potential reach exceeding $143 million without paid media, and a 300% brand engagement increase. And rather than have me speak on behalf of the campaign, who better to speak with than one of our key stakeholders at Gravity Global, Andy Graves, who is the head of growth at Gravity Global. And we're also speaking to the client from the case study today, Anjela Ungaresen, founder at Edge Certified Foundation. Um, so first of all, great to have you both on the podcast. How are you both doing today? Great. Thank you for having us. First off, congratulations on your win. It's really great when we have an opportunity to speak with some of our winners. I mean, did you have a good time at the awards? I know it feels like a long time ago. It, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. We had a great time, thanks. It's, I mean, we always you always put on a really great event. It's great to get the team together to celebrate like successes and just meet kind of industry peers. And, and there's always some amazing work that you see and you think, oh, I wish I did that. Um, hopefully some people thought that about this particular campaign. Um, you never know. I guess the the thing for us that really stood out was obviously winning the award for something that we're all quite passionate about. Um, you can't you, normally we're selling products and services. This is something that we all kind of believe in. So winning an award on, on the night was just fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's always nice to have the awards in November as well because I think it's kind of a time that the we cold. kind of reflect. Well, yeah, we can escape the cold. <laughs> <laughs> we can kind of reflect on all the achievements for the year as well. And like like you said, I'm excited to sort of delve into this case study. So um, I guess we can just kick things off. So Anjela, um, we could maybe go back to the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your company and what you were sort of striving to achieve with your campaign? So um, Edge is an ecosystem solution uh, that uh, provides organizations on one hand with a software that uh, allows them to get the work done in terms of workplace diversity, equity and inclusion. So a software that has a lot of very interesting, deep, rich analytical capabilities for organizations to understand where they stand, where they want to go and how to get there. And then on the other hand, the other part of the solution, it's an independent third party certification allowing organizations that are doing the work in DNI with the software to get external, visible, credible recognition for where they are in the journey. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and what were you sort of striving to achieve with this specific campaign? So this specific campaign was striving to balance the emotional and rational aspects that I believe are very uniquely associated with the topics of gender and intersectional within the workplace. I'm an economist by training, and I have never witnessed a topic that is more emotional than diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's natural that it's very emotional because we all have our own experiences and our own beliefs uh, when it comes to this. 
Yet what we find very useful in the work is to know where emotions need to step in and where numbers need to be on the table. And this was the entire uh, challenge of the campaign. Where do we take the emotions out, look at the numbers so that we have an objective view of where we are, and then we bring the emotions back in so that we can take the necessary actions. Yeah, definitely. And I guess now that you touched upon it, how important is sort of the diversity, equity, and inclusion space when it comes to sort of a brand perspective? I think that the answer to this question, Kavita, is um, an answer that it's evolving uh, over time and will continue to evolve. And it's very specific for every organization. I have been in this space. I uh, founded uh, Edge 15 years ago. And what I see is that diversity, equity, and inclusion, it is uh, first and foremost um, about commitment. So a brand engaging with DNI shows commitment to a certain number of values. Uh, that are used to produce value for the organization. Uh, then, of course, uh, DNI is about a competitive advantage. So, a brand engaging with DNI uh, shows its belief in all those numbers and all those studies that show clearly, consistently over time, an improving positive correlation between diversity, equity, and inclusion and the bottom line the financial performance of the organization. And last but not least, uh, DNI is about compliance. Um, the area of DNI um, got to be much more closely scrutinized by regulators uh, over the past five years in different ways in Europe than in the United States. But anyhow, uh, no matter the, the geography, there are now a certain number of rules, regulations, starting with equal pay for equivalent work, which is a law in many countries around the world, uh, that companies need to comply with. It's not a choice. It's the law. Uh, and I think that you know, it is counterintuitive for us to say, well, a brand uh, that engages with DNI is there to to signal compliance, but I think it's not trivial at all uh, to signal compliance to an issue that was regulated in the past, but the enforcement of those regulations were a little bit uh, more flexible than they are today. You know, as a, as a marketeer, really, um, we're working with brands all the time, and what we're seeing is, you know, is everything that Aniela said, but you know, we're seeing audiences, people just being more socially conscious. You know, they they really care about <clears throat> whether brands align to their values, especially the younger generations. And you've got to evidence that, you know, you can't just tick a box <clears throat> in your annual report. You can't just say, well, yeah, we're diverse. We're looking after sustainability and things like that. You've really got to show it now. You've got to prove it. And I think um you know, what I think a lot of brands we see, um, we talk to, they're worried that, oh, we're not that good. We're not doing a great job. And it comes down to what Angela said earlier. It's about <clears throat> you're on a journey. There's a lot of work to do, but you've got to start somewhere. And if you don't commit to starting, you don't you don't and be honest with yourself and a bit transparent. You're never going to make that change. You're never going to really, you know, embed that kind of true value and, and mission into your organization and I think that's what was quite compelling about this and, and the product mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter where you are on a journey it's about making that first step and that's why I think hopefully 
we're we're helping companies make that first step with edge so yeah i i definitely agree i think there are two main issues which is you know there's the sake of sort of ticking boxes but then there's also the other side where you know marketers could be so it feels like such a daunting thing to them that they just don't they just never begin or they never start and i think that's that's a great way to kind of um sort of transition into the campaign i mean andy can you tell me a little bit about real world change and how that sort of came to be real world change um <clears throat> obviously a personal favorite um i think it really speaks to the heart of what edge was trying to accomplish you know the mission I think we were brainstorming lots of coffees, lots of debating, probably too much coffee um, and too much debating. But um, what we tried to do was uh, capture the essence of what Edge <clears throat> was trying to do. And, you know, what, what um, Aniela's kind of vision of what the company was trying to do as well. You know, ultimately, we wanted to reflect how, you know, with, with Edge, you can make tangible impacts. It's not just a product. You can start to talk to your you know improve your culture within the organization you can start to have real meaningful impact so it kind of came out of having those conversations it almost like a light bulb moment we're like real world change um i have to admit i had nothing to do with it it was a creative team but um as soon as we put it on the screen we were like ah there's something in that and we were wondering obviously as always as an agency you have a couple of ideas we put it on the screen and as soon as we, as Aniela saw it, you could see this like spark, this light of energy. She was like, that's it. And we were like, um, maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, Aniela. But um, as soon as we saw the, uh, the light in Aniela's eye, we knew that we'd hit on something. And I think, <clears throat> I guess, as a mar- again, back to being a marketeer, it's more than a theme. It's, it was like a call to action. It naturally lended itself to marketing campaigns and activities. There was a like a rallying cry message behind it. Mm. Um, you know, we just it was just like it ticked so many boxes. We were so happy that we landed somewhere. But um, you know, it ultimately allowed us to then put things in place around the campaign that can kind of talk about meaningful impact, how the world needs to. You know, talk about some of the numbers, which are quite depressing, um, but about mm. you know, gen- gender equality, <clears throat> disability, racial inequality and things like that. There were so many things that we could talk about <clears throat> with, within this framework that was really, truly exciting, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think there is a lot of sort of emotion attached to that, like Aniela was saying earlier, um, which I think is great. I know that you guys used um, a FAB methodology. So can you tell me what it stands <sighs> for and how that sort of came into play as well? Um, I, I'll, I'll get shot for saying FAB. We don't call it FAB anymore. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so we have, um, it was, we have a, um, I guess, a philosophy at Gravity. We, we, we believe there are three, there are three main drivers of... Um, essentially brand growth brand attention so that's fame you know do people know you understand you do they an admiration do they admire you do they want to find out more do they you know trust you and then there's belief you know physically buying the product advocating for your brand so obviously it's a it's great to have a philosophy but you need Mm -hmm. a way of measuring that um and so we we've um, spent a many a long night many iterations uh, and we created this kind of um fab um which i used to call fab but um i now get in trouble for saying that um but it's a it's a brand and market performance model 
that allows us to kind of pinpoint, you know, where a brand is today within the market against its competitor set and where we want or think they could be, you know. And obviously, as Aniela alluded to earlier, this this market is changing. It's so fluid. Things are going up and down. <clears throat> we've, we've seen some great coverage on recently in this month so some big journals like the new york times talking about it some big names in the industry talking about it so it's becoming a bigger and bigger topic which is great but how does that how does the brand edge sit within that and that's why we use the fab model because it allows us to kind of identify what need what move what kind of needles do we need to move what you know a bit like a graphic equalizer where are we doing well where are we where could we do better um, and that's, you know, that's <clears throat> that data essentially allows us to really understand the impact that we're having and optimize campaigns. Um, and we used it right at the beginning to see where we were. And then we use it a bit like, um, for want of a better phrase, a bit like a pulse during the campaigns. Are we on track? Are we doing the right thing? Um, yeah, so it's it's a great model. It's it's always nice when you see things going in the right direction because <laughs> yeah. you know things something's working. Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, I know it does sound great. I have to ask, what what's wrong with saying fab? Oh, um, if I just feel like the lollipop. I don't know if you did the fab lollipop with all the little <laughs> sprinkles. And uh, no, I think we, fab's fine. It's just um, we've got my um my colleague Steve Chaliotis is that kind of brand insight director we've worked on on like the positioning of it um so we call it fab now but um, it's Thank still you. fab i still call it fab it's fine it's the same model yeah no it does it does sound quite effective though in terms of just sort of reevaluating a brand Anyela, one of the key goals was to raise awareness around the ceo and other key stakeholders i'm, I'm guessing quite senior i mean why do you think that was essential for this campaign so just a, a quick word, Andy, everybody wants to be fab. Nobody wants to be FAB. So I'm with you on that one. But coming to, to the question of why raising awareness with the CEOs, because uh, gender intersection equity, like any other topic, which is at the intersection between business and society, has this combination of overarching values uh, in the organization, culture, behaviors, results, bottom line, internal, external stakeholders. So I, I always think that our work, it is so interesting and fascinating to me because we come as close as we can possibly get to all the most intimate mechanisms uh, that an organization has to function. And who else is at the core of this intimate mechanism of how the organization produces value, uh, delivers uh, goods and services, interacts with stakeholders and, and, and shareholders? Well, it's the CEO and the, the executive teams. Uh, so that's why the journey always starts there. And then, of course, uh, it takes along the journey the HR professionals, the, the diversity, equity, and inclusion professionals who are using uh, on a daily basis uh, our tools. Uh, but uh, it creates this uh, overarching framework of and gives the answer to the question why DNI is relevant for our organization. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you always hear like, it always starts at the top, but I feel like that really sort of resonates with that. Um, Andy, I guess it'd well, be great. Just, if you just could... to add to that as well, you know, yeah. you know, what we found during the campaign, I guess, Aniela, really was that <clears throat> if the CEO or the exec team don't buy in, things don't don't happen. You know, they, you might have the most amazing chief people officer, HR director, who really passionately believes in this. But if the C-suite say, you know, yeah, maybe next year, um, things don't move. And and that's what we've got to try and stop. You know, it's it's important that, you know, this CEO is sets a direction of travel, the culture. And if they don't believe in DNI, then, you know, we've got a problem. <laughs> so, you know, and that's our biggest challenge a lot of the time is they're under pressure to hit, you know, a number. And then, and often, as, as Aniela alluded to earlier, it's a lot better to hit that number if you've got a diverse workforce. You're more likely to hit that number, but we've got to educate them sometimes, you know, because they might come from um, a background where <clears throat> DNI has never been that important to them. And we've got to change that perception, I think. It's a big, it's a big, big challenge, you know, and it's, um, yeah. but it's, it, that's what we've got to do you know that's that's the that's the task at hand yeah and I think I think you know especially like senior stakeholders like they are the ambassadors the face of their their brand and their company so I think it's so important for especially them to sort of be having those conversations so it sort of um uh, affects the the rest of the team as well um I guess now that we're sort of talking about what sort of come out of the campaign Andy can you tell me a little bit about some of the results any key metrics to highlight? Yeah, I could I could bore you senseless. Um, but um, yeah, the 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 main premise of the campaign was all around thought leadership at the heart because, as I said, you know we have to change perception and understanding <clears throat> of DNI within an organisation, especially at that C-suite. So you know we we needed to raise the profile of Edge, but we very quickly found, having met Aniela, that we have this amazing asset in Aniela, and we needed to get that passion in front of people you know that was and that's why <clears throat> our PR team are really like looking at articles you know growing the <clears throat> growing Aniela's profile speaking opportunities because actually people really buy people you know and and if we can get Aniela in a room with the right person or Simona her colleague you will buy into their vision because they are super smart super passionate and what people what we didn't want to do <clears throat> was sell some sort of like SaaS software, you know, HR software, because, you know, it just looked like everything else in the market. And we needed to really show that this was a people-led organization with a really strong product, but you needed to buy into those people. <clears throat> so, you know, the PR team did an amazing job. We got some coverage and some amazing titles like the Financial Time, big, big business titles that I can't pronounce in Italy. Um, in France and it was a real good mix of business and trade so it was it was really getting into the you know getting into that right kind of demographic that we were trying to change the perception uh, I think from from memory <clears throat> that we reached uh, something like 140 million readers which was like amazing it seems mm -hmm. like a big number so you know we're having influence and we, we saw some real knock-on benefits, you know, more people were looking for the brand, more people were looking for Aniela, more people were following the brand, <clears throat> reading the articles, and, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> we got a lot of interest and a lot of leads to the, you know, traffic to the website, generated a lot of interest, but, you know, counter to that, you know, I'm always, like, glass half full sometimes and I think like mm -hmm. it's such a big opportunity that, that every organization should be thinking about this it's we're always um 
I'm never happy with the results. You know, I think we've done an amazing job. We won an award. Brilliant. But there is so much more we can do. And that's why, I, you know, we're so excited about this year and next year and how we can keep scaling this. Because if we do it, if we do it and we and we do it right, we can <clears throat> hopefully when we retire, sit there and say, we did that. We helped make this positive change on the world. And that's, you know, what, what marketeer wouldn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, really well said. I think one thing that stuck out to me, I know when it came to the channels used, if a platform had some sort of discriminatory case against it, you used an alternative. Um, I can guess maybe why you did that. But can you tell me a little bit about why it was important for this specific campaign? I'm not going to tell you which platforms are because I might get sued or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, you can omit that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 it comes down to ethics and values, I guess. Really, we um, it just didn't feel right for us to be on a platform that weren't doing the right things. You know, if we go onto a platform, I won't say. I was about to say, um, <clears throat> and we don't think they're doing a good job with their um, the culture, their way, the way they run their business. We're essentially profiting from the discrimination we're trying to stop. And, you know, that's just not right. So <clears throat> it meant that sometimes we didn't work on channels that would have delivered results. But that's OK. You know, that's that's that is part of as long as we're transparent with that, you know, with our team. And, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're not going to be on that channel, guys, whether it's great, um, whether it's on a hit that number, because if we are, then we're not really adhering to the values that we set aside at the beginning so yeah, yeah. i would have liked to have been on some of them for the number but then right. it, goes, it goes against what we're a stand for so yeah and i think i think that really plays to like sort of the authenticity around the campaign like having it sort of naturally kind of be a part of it without it feeling very forced or sort of an initiative that you guys are sort of driving home it's just something that you guys decided as as a team which I think is really great um I guess to wrap things up Anyela it'd be great if you can tell me a little bit from your perspective about some of the feedback you heard and also how this coverage sort of impacted edge overall and Kavita Indy alluded to that uh, earlier. One of the things that um, was the most remarkable about this campaign is that, of course, at the heart, our business is a software with a SaaS business model associated to it and an independent third party certification. So instruments that are very pragmatic uh, when it comes to um, you know, how they are being set up from a business perspective. But what this campaign did is that it created the bigger picture and the bigger vision beyond those products. So literally what this campaign did to our offering is that it helped our offering being so much more than a commodity. <laughs> it helped our offering being a set of values, a philosophy that you are buying into. And I think that this is very unique. It's a very strong element of differentiation for our business. Uh, we we did, with, together with Andy and the team, uh, we did a competitive landscape review. Well, there are not so many other uh, solutions in our space that do have this anchorage in, in values. So definitely they are more commoditized uh, than, than we are. And that's a strong element of differentiation uh, that will... Uh, 
continue giving us a competitive edge. Um, and I think that the, the other element that I, I, I wanted to mention is, uh, of course, the, the moment when we started to, uh, to work with gravity, it was uh, a moment uh, when we closed a financing round for the organization. So there was definitely um, a different set of expectations uh, towards how the business uh, is performing post-financing as opposed to pre-financing round. And definitely uh, this campaign allowed us to make that transition into a very different uh, ways of, of doing business, uh, which is specific, right? At, at every financing round, we do financing because we expect to capture differently um, and on a different scale, some market opportunities. We definitely couldn't have done it without uh, without this campaign, making that, that, that transition. And one last element, Kavita, which I wanted to mention, because I think that it's important from a client perspective. So this campaign giving us that competitive edge, helping us to fulfill the expectations that were very much there embedded into, um, you know, the, the pre and post financing round. There is another element that I believe for me was very unique in working with the Gravity team. Of course, we came to gravity because we expected skills and competencies and uh, global uh, vision and understanding of the global clients that Edge is serving, so an understanding of our clients. And we had that, plenty of that. We also came because of the uniqueness of the FAB model uh, that creates that critical link between marketing and bottom line. Uh, and we had that plenty. But what we did have, which I believe is very unique in our experience in working with other agencies, we had, in addition to all that hardcore, very sophisticated competence as marketeers, we got a real passion to see us succeeding as a business. And um, uh, I would like to thank Andy uh, and of course the entire team, but Andy was really driving uh, this uh, passion for what we do, belief that we will be succeeding. And I think that that is the magic ingredient that make um, agencies uh, great <laughs> rather than just very, very competent. So thank you for that. I'm going to send this recording to my CEO. Thank you very much. Happy <laughs> <laughs> to repeat that. <laughs> For anyone listening to this podcast, please take a look at your company and see whether or not you can start the journey yourself because, you know, it's it needs people like us <clears throat> to stand up and start talking to the people internally to make real world change. So I think it, it's an opportunity. Don't Don't miss it. Amazing. Well, I do think that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you both for sharing such amazing insights. And listeners, if you'd like to check out the full case study, you can head to our website in just a couple of weeks and check out the full report, which highlights some judges commentary and gives more of an in-depth look at the full case study. Thanks again, both. And I will see you guys soon for another podcast. Thank you. Thank you.